Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Level Up Podcast. I'm Brendan Payne, one of your hosts, along with my partner and friend, Greg Harrelson. Greg, how are you? Man, I'm excited to have a, a guest. Just in a little few minutes that we spoke with, uh, you know, with Eric, this is going to be good. So I, I'm yep. ready to get it on. Yep. So with, uh, with that being said, we've got Eric Hatch with us from Hatch Realty, who comes to us out of, right now, cold, I can imagine, Fargo, North Dakota. <laughs> Fargo, Moorhead, is that the area that you're out of? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we cover four markets, but our major market is uh, Fargo-Moorhead. Yes, sir. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And I know just in, in mentioning what Greg just brought up, I, we want to really kind of get into a few things because you are an entrepreneur at Spirit, definitely a service leader for sure. And you've got a new book, I know, that's out. That, and tell us a little bit about that and you know, just kind of maybe that'll get us started. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll hold it up right here. Uh, I'm affectionately known as Chubby Carson Wentz in this picture. Uh, so <laughs> doing, my, doing my best. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm out of Fargo, which is Carson Wentz's uh, uh, alma mater is North Dakota State University. It's where I went to school as well. Just one of us was a great football player and the other one uh, drank at tailgating. So it's quite the balance. Right. Uh, and so uh, I wrote this book, uh, spent all of last year writing it and working with uh, my publishing company to get it out. And it's called Play for the Person Next to You. It, it is the, the secret sauce of a sort of what we've done with our real estate company. You know, the last, uh, the last five years, our real estate team has sold over 3,000 houses in Fargo, North Dakota. And, and uh, we've just, we've been so excited to give back and to serve. And uh, it, it is the reason why our world feels so insatiable. Uh, I think it's the key to our success, and that is uh, the platform uh, of servant leadership. And so I felt compelled to to share our story and to write a book about it. Wow. So, I, I want to just jump in. So the, the title, Play for the Person Next to You. Yeah. I, I, I love the title. I, I just love it. But I, I, I guess I really am making up in my mind what that means based on mm -hmm. you know, my own world, right? But yes, what does that? What does the title mean to you? Because it, it, play for the person next next to you. That's that's awesome. Who mm -hmm. is the person next to you? What did you? What are you thinking about when you create that title? Can you put some con, uh, context to it? Uh, it's a very long title because even the subcategory of it is a guide to servant leadership. So it's maybe the okay. longest book title ever. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, again, referencing North Dakota State University, uh, their football team, it's an FCS level program. So you have like Alabama and Auburn and Clemson and the FBS, and then uh, NDSU is in the FCS. So it's the football subdivision. And eight of the last nine years, they've gone on to win national championships. Okay. In fact, they've been ranked in national rankings traditionally in the top 25 for all of college football. Uh, here again, in a, in, a, in a smaller town that doesn't necessarily have the opportunities of others. And there's this football program that airs on Sunday mornings after the games, and they are interviewing players and coaches and that sort. And when they'll ask them, what does Bison pride? What does it mean to be a part of the NDSU legacy? What does that mean to you? And these young kids, ages 21 mm -hmm. or so, will say, well, I've learned to play for the person next to me. And I'm like, well, that's awesome. Like, it, it breeds championships, right? 
But here's the best example I can give. And I do this with my team. And when I have a chance to do trainings around the country as a speaker and a leader, uh, I'll do this every single time. And I talk about it in the book as well. Gentlemen, let's say I pulled you up and I would challenge you and I'd say, all right, guys, uh, I'm going to have you do a, a, a planking exercise. So you're going to be on your elbows and on your toes in like a push-up position. And the goal is to get to three minutes. Okay. I'll usually do this with four or five people and I'll bring them up front. And if you've ever planked for three minutes before, it, that's a heck of a workout. You know, you don't get a hot body like this by planking all the time, you know? Uh, and so... And so I'll have them come up and what happens immediately is I set the parameters that the, those that are in the crowd or the audience, they need to stay silent. This is only the time for the people who are on stage. And I'll go and I'll ask them questions about how they're doing and struggling and in their mind what's going on. And then I'll just leave some silence, right? And what happens is you get 60 seconds in and then you start hearing some grunts and some moans and some frustrations. Then you get to the two minute mark and oftentimes some people will drop out and then you finally get to two minutes, 30 seconds, 40, 50, and then you get to that three minute mark. And then when we hit the three minute mark, I'm like, guys, congratulations, you reached your goal. And everybody stops. And so then we digest it for like 15 minutes. And when we digest it, I first say, the goal was to get to three minutes. Why'd you stop at the goal? And there's this like, oh, I totally get it. Like I, I, I stopped at the goal and I could have kept going. Like lesson number one. When this was first done uh, for me, that was the idea. It was like, it was to push to your goal. But I studied it and I said, there's something more to this. And then I would say, uh, Greg, why in the world did you stay quiet the whole time when your brother was struggling right next to you? And this epiphany happens for people and they recognize that they didn't take the time to help the other person along and they were only concerned about their own pain or their own goals or their own struggles. And it is, it is this goosebump moment that happens for me every single time when I watch this aha go off and they recognize that when you take your energy and literally play for the person next to you, that means you're encouraging, cheering, helping, coaching, mentoring, and walking alongside, your own pain dissipates. You can go longer and farther when you are serving that person next to you. And, and, and we all want to worry about our own goals and our own stuff and the secret to it. The reason why there's so many championships out there for a, a school like NDSU is because these young men learn that they're there to help that person next to them succeed. And all of a sudden they're champions because of it. And, and so that's the vision of our company now is that we want to breed champions and, and, and we're unapologetic about trying to strive to be number one. And it comes from serving and it comes from selflessness, not selfishness. That's phenomenal. Yeah, that, that, that's really good. And I get it. I, I, I get it. So mm -hmm. like if I'm in that, if I'm on that stage and I'm planking mm -hmm. um, and I'm following your guidelines it, with the exception of maybe I, you know, I was struggling and I heard the person next to me struggling. N now that I'm hearing what you're saying and you're, I'm listening to your teachings, if I would have been, come on, man, you can do it. Mm hmm that would have that encouragement and serving and helping that other would have distracted me yeah. from the own pain that I have. Huh. Um, but it's probably even deeper than this is just a fancy way to distract myself from the self-talk. Um, maybe mm -hmm. there's even some more deeper stuff in it, but just on the <clears> surface <throat> level, what I got, it actually takes the attention off of my suffering, puts my attention on helping them. And as I'm helping them, I'm actually helping myself at the same time. Am I getting it? Am, am I? Uh, well, yeah, you are. 
you are absolutely spot on. And frankly, it's it's uh, the core of how we're created. And, and I'm a faith guy. I used to work at a church, and so it oozes out of everything I do. And I'm not here to tell you what to believe in, but I'm also not going to hide what makes me shine. Okay. Uh, and and yeah. it says in uh, in Ephesians that uh, we're created in God's image and His handiwork to do good works, which are already set aside for us. It's it's the purpose and the meaning of life. And so whether you're a believer or not, uh, I think people would all agree like we're here to serve others. Like it makes sense. And, and in my mind, that's what we're designed for. And so when you're in alignment with your design, you have more, much more capacity. Hmm. You have an ability mm-hmm. to do and be and have so much more than you ever thought when you are a service minded others first play for the person next to you. If you adopt that mentality, this world is your oyster, my man. That's some cool yeah. stuff. Cool stuff. Yeah. Um, I have to ask, um, because we're in real estate, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm talking about real estate, the audience is where the real estate industry and a lot of people are solo agents, you know, they're not running teams, but we could speak to teams too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we, we, we kind of live in this industry that's very competitive. Yeah. So like, how, do you, how does somebody that's looking around at all the competitors, you know, in their market, in their office, how do they actually have the courage to take on the serving mentality to their competitor? I can see how we want to serve the consumer. Yeah. But let's just talk about in within our own offices, within our mm-hmm. own teams. How do we take on the serving of that other player when we kind of know that they're really our competitor, um, even though we're all on the same team? What are your thoughts on that? I, I don't know if your book is about real estate or not. So I just want to see how you would relate it yeah. though to the industry. Uh, so my, my book has all sorts of real estate examples because it's the Good. world that I live in. And so I'm just, yep. I'm telling stories of the experiences I've had of leading my team, uh, impacting my community. And so I think if, if you imagine a pyramid here, and if you picture it at the base of your pyramid, the very bottom is uh, God, family, and self. And those are the things that are most important for us to serve. Um, are we dedicating our time to our family and are we serving them? Are we taking care of ourselves? Uh, the three of us as men, we don't talk about self-care very often. And yet it is one of those key elements for success is when we're able to take better care of ourselves. That next level up, uh, the second tier on the pyramid is your team. So those of you who have the privilege of leading anyone, whether it's an assistant or a, a team of 35, like I'm privileged to have, Uh, In that world and in that ecosystem, my clients don't come first. My family, myself, and my God come first, followed by my team, and my schedule will match that. Uh Above that comes our clients, and that's who we then serve. And our client care is so much better when we have better self-care, better family care, and better team care. And then at the top of the pyramid, the final piece is community. And I think that's what you were alluding to, was this community that we live in. And so the top of our pyramid, I think, uh, if you don't tend to those first things, you shouldn't be tending to your community. Like, it, 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 you'll have nothing to give. You have no fuel left in the tank if that's where your energy goes, is to give to others uh, without first giving to yourself and your family and your team and your clients. And so we make sure that that's in order. But what you said is huge. And there's, there's an agent in my market who is a good friend of mine. His name's John. And uh, through our coaching company, we do these annual summits and we've never invited anybody locally. And I'm like, I got to invite John. 
because John has a business that's good, but not great. It's not where he wants to be. And I've always been afraid of him copying me. Mm. And I've always been afraid of him ripping off these things. But as my mind lives in abundance and it lives in service, like here are my complaints in life. I have uh, too much work to do. I have too much food and I have too much forehead. Like those are my complaints, right? Like that's why I'm wearing a hat today, you know? And when I have that mindset of abundance uh, and I have that mindset of constantly having a full cup, my joy comes from filling somebody else's cup. And so I invited John and I realized that he can copy everything that I do, but he can't copy my heart. And my heart is what I think is my talent magnet, not the, not the marketing things that I do and not the, not the, the radio segments and not the whatever. It's, those are all just systems and structures and marketing. Like you can copy all that, but you can't copy how I care for people. That's the, and that's the piece that I want to help him with because if he can have a bigger world, I get a chapter in his book. Mm-hmm. And for me, that feels far more valuable than me just having more because I know that I have this multiplying effect and these ripples that have been put out there in the world. And frankly, it's the reason why my team has been successful is I've done two things exceedingly well. Number one is I've hired exceedingly well. Um, in our third year as a team, uh, we were over 500 transactions and we haven't dipped down below that since. So, I mean, we just, we hit the ground running and had massive success for moment one because I hired well. I, I knew uh, the right systems, strategies, and structures to go through that. And then I made it all about them. It wasn't about me. It was about them. I worked for them. They didn't work for me. And what we've done now is that's become contagious in our world. It's this ripple effect where all of a sudden uh, there's a meeting happening at my office literally right now. And uh, I'm at my coaching office, but they, uh, there's a meeting with 20 or so people from our team. And the sole purpose of it is how can we enrich this environment? And I didn't call for the meeting. I'm not even a part of the meeting. Their job, their goal, and their hope is to bring more value to our world. And that just doesn't happen on accident, guys. Mm -hmm. That happens Mm -hmm. because we've cultivated and curated an environment where people are playing for the person next to them. And that's that's brought for us so much abundance, which is a new level of problems that not everybody gets to have. And I'm fortunate to have those problems. Yeah, that's solid, solid stuff. What's on your mind, Brendan? Well, you know, I read I read his bio and I read into a lot of what he was saying about his love for his his local area and the people around him and now i get some of the details that's coming yes. from, from where you know where that really came from and one of the things that i think is i mean this would be relevant playing for the person next to you is so relevant in everything that's happening today every industry could use somebody that is coming from a place like this but real estate, you brought up exactly what I was thinking is this is we're independent, by definition, independent contractors. We are competing on different levels. And I think that foundation that you laid there is just critical because everything else is inauthentic if you don't start with the foundation that you just brought up. And you can't, you yeah. can't serve the other people and you definitely can't serve the community without that foundation. So that's a, it's a really refreshing um, point of view in this industry. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I just, I like the way that you're explaining it really because, um, you, you know, I think that so many people, they, the, the look good is to just go straight and serve the community, mm-hmm. right? 
And then, you, you know, we see people in the community, and I, I, I'm not attempting to be judgmental, so I, I want to say that because I don't intend to be, even though I feel like it's going to sound a little judgmental as I say this. There's people like in every community that it just feels like they're serving the community for the purpose of gaining something. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a resume builder, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's, it's, that, yes. it's that high school kid in a club or volunteering because it's going to look good on their college resume. And we yeah. as adults still do that. We, we do things because yes. we say, what am I going to get out of this? And Simon Sinek wrote an amazing book recently called The Infinite Game. And he talks about how most people are playing the finite game, right. meaning you're looking for the quickest transaction, the quickest win for you. But that infinite game is the long-term piece of I'm going to show up because it's it's what's great for me, and it's the message that I want to teach my kids. Uh, I, I have two kids, five and three, and uh, this weekend we're going to go and serve. And you know we're going to fill um, with a comp- with an organization called Feed My Starving Children. We're going to pack a couple million meals to send overseas, and it starts early on, it, not just with our families and not just with our teams, but it has to start with us. Is that we can't do these things to say what am I going to get? Really, the most self ish thing we can do is to be selfless is the ability to serve and to take care of other people because we know that our benefits come on how we feel because we're in alignment with our design once again uh, and it's not about that uh, that quick finite results and instead is this infinite peace which brings so much more value to somebody's heart yeah tell, tell me where this is showing up in in your in your hiring because you mentioned that a couple of mm-hmm. times you mm-hmm. hire really well and that is, I'm, I'm going to put it out there and guess that that doesn't, you're probably not going after production first in no. your recruiting efforts. Is that, I mean, is that a, a fair assessment or tell us how you're, you know, yeah, how are you hiring right? Uh, I, don't, I don't have anybody on my team that's ever been in real estate previously. And instead, what we're doing is we're seeking out people that have uh, aligned values and passions. Uh, and, and that's the thing that we're building upon. And so we're looking for folks that have this uh, insatiable hunger, this hunger to change their stars, this hunger to uh, serve as they go. Um, we don't have anybody in our world that's self-serving. We have some folks that you know will get caught in ruts like we all do, um, but we have it, it's one of our guiding posts as we're as we're bringing people on is we want to make sure that they're there literally uh, and they care about their tribe. And so we'll ask great questions. And that's, that's the core of any sales business or hiring or anything else is you have to ask great questions. And so, Brendan, if I were to say to you, like, uh, tell me about your life. And you'd say, well, I was born and raised here. And these are my parents. And these are my siblings. And what we're going to do is we're going to interject again and again and again and again and ask questions to continue to peel back that onion. I want to figure out what's at the core of you, my man. And my goal is... Uh, the byproduct is you're oftentimes going to cry or be met with emotion that you haven't dusted off for quite some time because we want to get to the place of your core. Mm-hmm. When we do that, we're going to find out, are you a fight or flight kind of person? Are you a victim or a victor? Um, yep. What are you doing for other people? And, and those are questions. Because if I said to you, um, okay, Brendan, do you care about uh, other people? Yes, I do. Okay, right. give me a great example. Mm-hmm. You're going to give me a fabricated story that feels good and authentic. And instead, I'm going to ask questions about when your back was against the wall and what was happening in your world and how did you get out of it? And if I'm seeing there that's a a habit or a trend that you 
coil up in the corner and that it's not good for you, I just don't think you're going to work in our world. Yeah. And you can't um, fake those conversations. Like you can't, you can't have your canned interview response for that and get through it for somebody who can see through mm-hmm. those responses. People will have the record player uh, on repeat for questions that they're already prepared for. And our goal is to get people to a place that they aren't prepared for these questions because we want to know what's at the core. And frankly, we, we crave and desire vulnerability. Uh, Brene Brown is so big on vulnerability, one of my favorite authors and speakers. And she speaks to the core of uh, connectivity. Uh, our group, if we're, the only way I'm going to play for that person and, and pour into them is if I really care about them. Right. If if I don't have that foundation of trust, and if it's just another coworker, um, it just doesn't feel good. And so I'm not going to give them my everything. So we make sure that we're getting people who are willing to be vulnerable, trust those that are within them, and take the time to build the relationships as a part of our ecosystem as it goes. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, I want to touch on another thing that you kind of said is. And this is my interpretation. So when you come from that serving slash giving type of mentality, whether it be community or just to the person next to you, Mm -hmm. um, while we're doing that, and if we do it not with a thought of what we're going to get from it, in other words, we're not coming from the this will build my resume mentality. We're just doing it out of full just giving, you know, contribution, right? Then you said when you do that, you feel good. Yeah. Okay. I think what people, where people miss the point is when you feel good, you tend to attract a lot of positive. So where somebody is sitting here saying, well, I don't want to give and I don't want to share my secrets because they may take something from me. Mm-hmm. What we should be saying is I want to share everything so they can take something from me so I can give something to them. It'll warm my heart. It'll make me feel good. And then now I'm in abundance mentality and I attract all the abundance. The the thing is, it's an intangible. We don't know exactly what we're going to attract, when we're going to attract it. We don't understand it. We can't put, we can't see it. We can't touch it at the moment. But if you'll have faith that it really works this way, you'll actually get more than you'll ever get You'll get more by giving and serving than you'll ever get by hustling. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't hustle, but I'm saying this is the another level that you're talking about. And, and this, for people that know me, you, you, Eric, don't realize how close to my heart this conversation is. Hmm. This is like you are speaking my language, but you're speaking it at a higher level, but it's resonating very well. But on my thought there of when I serve, when I share, when I give, I feel good. When I feel good, I attract a lot of positive things. And that's where abundance comes from. Do you agree with that? And I'm perfectly fine if you totally say, no, Greg, it doesn't work like that. I just want to know what your thoughts are on it. Uh, yeah, birds of a feather, man. It's, it's why we're talking today. Uh, I'm, I'm in complete alignment with that. I think that there's this law of attraction that exists out there. And what you named is, I think, the, the piece uh, that's best articulated in the book, The Four Disciplines of Execution. I, I sound like I read a lot. Uh, last year, I did a lot of reading, and it keeps me fresh, right? The more I read, the more I, I live in, in like that next level. And the more you give, the more you live in that next level. And it's that same thing. The Four Disciplines of Execution talks about lead measures and leg measures. 
leg, L-A-G, leg measures. And leg measures are what we oftentimes try to pursue. My goal this year is to sell 40 homes. That's the leg measure. The lead measures are the things that we're going to do every day to help us get there. The problem with most people, myself included at times, is that our goal is about a number and not a feeling or an emotion or an energy. Because I've sold 40 homes in a year and I've sold 400 homes in a year. And if I hate the people that I'm around and if I'm exhausted every day, there's no value in that whatsoever. And our goals, our leg measures, what we're pursuing has to be at a higher level than just a transaction count or a dollar amount in our pocket. And so what we do is we figure out what is it that we're striving for? Because for me, I'm striving for a world that has that energy you were just referring to, Greg. Mm-hmm. An energy of abundance and service and love and capacity. And those are things that I crave. So I have to understand what lead measures I'm going to do that if I do every day will lead to that feeling in the end. And so frankly, I know that our goal this year is 820 transactions with my company. That's an obscene amount. That's a 30% growth from last year, a giant leap from the 636 transactions we did in 2019. So I know the metrics of what we need to do, the number of appointments, the number of agents, the number of the number of the number of the number of. But if that's the only thing I'm pursuing, I'm pursuing something that can be an empty vessel and an empty shell. And instead, we've also identified who we want to be. Not what we want to have, but who we want to be. We want a higher level of accountability. We want more leadership and we want to be more service-based. And so we're now figuring out those lead measures of what we need to do every day in order to have that feeling at the end. Chasing that will oftentimes lead to the byproduct of a lot of sales. We're chasing sales, I don't believe leads to the byproduct of an enhanced life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go, please. No, I, I just, I want to point out something that I caught it within the first probably minute that you said it. And it was so important. I think people need to make sure they understand when you were talking about be, do, have, this is mm-hmm. be, do, have. Yeah. And we always, as we default to do, have, and then we're going to be somebody, we're going to be successful, we're going to yeah. be the person we want to be. And you're explaining it, that, that concept is so important for people to understand that you got to be the person first, then go do the stuff and you're going to have whatever you want to have. But if it's not in that order, you're just, you're, you're never going to find it. We're all, we're all chasing the haves, aren't we? It's, it's yep. the easier yeah. thing. Yep. Yeah. If we just focus on the be, the have just happens Show in up. spite of us. And yet, so, so I'm 39 years old. I'm like that borderline millennial Gen Xer, but life for me at the age of, I think nine, we got a microwave for the first time. And everybody who's younger than me has known a life with a microwave for forever. And we're just used to things with immediacy. We don't have the patience like, a, like our, our, our parents and grandparents did. We just, we want things now. Uh, we're like Veruca Salt in uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. We just want it now. We're not willing to wait. But I value a home-cooked meal much more than a drive through and I value that long-term play for that long-term gain much more than the race to just hit and have it. The B takes the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and man, it's, it's the right way, but it's the long way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, let, let's, let's shift gears, but not too far off of the topic. You know, one of the things that um, is fascinating and I want to hear more about is um, you do a lot of 
charity work. I'm not surprised based on this conversation, um, but you're, you're very involved. But one of them, I think, was named, and correct me, um, Sell a Home, Save a Child. It's something yes. Save a Child. Is it Sell a Home, Save a Child? You have it correct. Yes, sir. Okay. Tell us a little bit about that. I, I, I always want to support and uh, bring awareness to things like this. So w- what's going on with that? Well, I'll paint, I'll paint the large picture here, and I think it helps to articulate the story. Uh, serving is in my blood, it's in my background, and I really understood from moment one that that B part, as we just alluded to, is so important. And so I set up my team where uh, my wife, uh, my wife isn't in the business, but she, of course, owns it with me, that we give back 25% of our profits to our community, local and global. Uh, and we also give uh, 20% of our profit back to our team in a profit share. Uh, and so we're living on 55 cents on the dollar profit pre-tax and, and we're still living in abundance, which is an amazing thing. So serving, uh, I mean, last year we gave, I don't know, 130, $140,000 back to the community and another hundred grand back to our team and just what an awesome way to live, right? Uh, never did I dream that possible. Uh, but I was chatting with my buddy, his name's Nick Shivers. Uh, He's an agent out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, His team consistently does about 100 million in volume and and just massively successful. And it was put on my heart years ago to start an orphanage. And I don't know why, frankly, uh, but I I, I do know that in 2010, I went to Haiti uh, right after the earthquake that killed 230,000 people. And uh, I, I worked at an orphanage when I was there and just, I was wrecked for it. Because once you taste and see and touch, you change your perspective. And so I wanted to start an orphanage and I thought I'm living in abundance now. I I previously had a job that paid me $35,000 a year. And now I'm fortunate enough to uh, have a job that allows me to employ people that make 35,000 plus. It's just a really great world. And because I wanted to live in that abundance and Nick did as well, we, uh, we wanted to start an orphanage. Really difficult to do, but he had aligned with a company called Forward Edge International uh, based out of Vancouver, Washington. And in fact, I have six of my team members currently down in Nicaragua serving at the orphanage. Uh, and in fact, it's not an orphanage because it's a, it's a girl's home at this point where these young women are rescued from the sex trade industry and living in garbage dumps and doing unspeakable things at very young ages and are rescued now and are given a chance to have a life of purpose and meaning. And it's just... It, it'll wreck your heart when you hear their stories and it'll well your eyes up with tears when you see the difference that it makes. And so Nick and I said, we can't be the only realtors that feel this way, that we want our business to have purpose and that we want to do great good in the world and that we had just this itch to, to help kids that we didn't even know. And so we, we formed together, uh, it was about five years ago now, and we just started introducing it to realtors and title companies and mortgage reps and that sort. And wouldn't you know it, five years later, I think we're at about $1.8 million that we've raised. Uh, This all gets fed directly to Forward Edge International that helps to rescue kids in Nicaragua, Haiti, Kenya, Mexico, some things stateside. And uh, my business is changing lives, not just the people here on my team that I have the privilege of serving, but around the world. And uh, my name is forever written in the books of those girls, even though they don't know my name. They're just going to say that because of Forward Edge, and I get to be this extension cord to introduce you guys to it and to the people listening here and and that sort. And it's just, I can go on for hours and days about this because it just, it ties into everything. Uh, It ties into this idea of serving and loving and giving and playing for the person next to us. And I tell you, my business every day feels like it's fueled with purpose. 
whether I'm a solo agent or running a team or anything in between, I have a purpose with what I do, and that is to make a difference in this world. That's awesome. Wow. Solid. Yeah, that's cool stuff, man. Good. You're, you're doing great. I'm so happy to have met you. I mean, really, I, I, uh, it's a joy. I'm forever grateful to, um, to have met you. I'll, I'll, I will not uh, uh, ever see your name and not think about this conversation, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, you know, Brennan, I don't even want to talk about too much business at this moment. <laughs> you know, I mean, like literally, I, I think it would be such a, a, a mistake to go back into traditional conversations about, okay, so tell me how you get your listings. Right. Um, because at the end of the day, man, we just learned right here how to get all the listings we want. Mm-hmm. And that's just actually play for the person next to us. Well, you know what? Let me, I, I do want to talk about listings for a brief go for moment. It. Go for uh, it. Because I think it, it, it aligns and it doesn't distract from. Please. Um, I've, spent, I've spent years trying to perfect our listing presentation and make sure that I have all the right slides and the handouts and the documents and the procedures. And last year we didn't have a great year. Like we didn't, we didn't convert like we used to. And what happened was we got complacent with a presentation and we got stagnant with relationship building. I think that I, I can say with confidence in Fargo, North Dakota, I will out market and out service any of our competition tenfold with the team that I have, the experience that we have, the dollars that we put forward. But that's logic. Logic makes people think, but emotion makes them act. And our job as salespeople and as service people, as realtors, is to relationship the heck out of those people. If we lose, it's because we get out relationshiped. We get out relationship because they have a friend or a cousin or the realtor that they've worked with 10 times. Like, I get why we lose on that. But if I'm losing to that new agent or that commission cutter or anything else, it's not because they're cheaper. It's because they're working harder on the relationship that, than we are. And it's the, it's the core of our business. And I've been hammering this home with my team. As I said, we've equipped you to have every last resource possible for you to win any logical argument. Your job is to go in and to build the relationship. It's not the model of old of 43 minutes in and out the door. You're going to get there and give your presentation and say your script. And that's scripts don't work. The greatest script you can ever say is the question, tell me more and learn about them and lean in. Because remember, I said that the foundation of our teams are built on trust and transparency and vulnerability that has to be there. Well, wouldn't you know that's the foundation of the relationship that we have with our clients too? Is our ability to have that built-in connection piece and that our job is to play for the person next to us. Full circle. We made it. All right. Yeah, there you go. There we go. We got it in. That was very appropriate. Very appropriate. Well, man, I really appreciate your time. Um, Brendan, why don't you close us on out and uh, make sure that people know how to uh, get in touch with uh, Eric, buy his book, download his book, however you need to do. Yeah. So we could definitely, you know, we, we could, uh, we know you're in, in a ton of different things, all kinds of different businesses, charities. What is the best way to just reach out to you if they want to know more about anything that you're doing? Eric? We can start with hatchingleaders.com. I, I put my name on everything, so it's pretty easy to remember. I go to hatchingleaders.com. It's where you'll learn about my book here, uh, some speaking things I do. It'll point you to our real estate company. It'll point you to uh, the different stuff uh, I do. And it's just it's my joy to uh, try to rise the tide wherever I go. 
Outstanding. And then um, that's the best way to get in contact with you, whether it's uh, through, you know, sending you referrals or asking for help, go to the website. Yeah. Yeah. Hatchingleaders.com. Yep. Outstanding. Well, this has been incredible. We could, uh, we, we need to schedule another one at some point because I know we could get in a, to a bunch of other stuff that you're doing. That's probably um, not as, not at the level of importance, but still very, very educational, I think for the group. So on behalf of Greg and I, then uh, we really appreciate you getting on and for the audience, please um, share this one. I think you're going to get a lot of stuff out of it. And uh, Greg, what's the best way to get a hold of you? You know, the best thing to do is just to go to Facebook and hit me up on Messenger. Um, it's the most, uh, I guess, the most convenient way for me to communicate with the audience. So if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, just hit me up on Messenger and, um, and I'll read them and respond. Yep. And same for us. And Greg and I are committed to uh, continuing to, to raise the, to level up, so to speak, in, um, in our guests. And we started uh, 2020 off again with, uh, with another great one. So if you guys have suggestions for uh, other guests and topics that you want us to cover, then we'd love to hear about that. So thanks a lot, guys. And we'll uh, talk to you soon. Thank you.